Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Lean Toss-Up CDL Betting Podcast. I am joined uh, with Ryan of CDL Metrics, and we're here to talk about uh, Stage 5 Major, which is coming up this weekend. Um, how are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. It's kind of weird how fast the season's moved along. We're already at Major 5, uh, and then we have Champs, and then we're kind of done. I mean, we are done for, you know, I don't even know how long until... The next COD comes out and and uh, and they get the league set up for that. But um, yeah, for now, I'm excited to talk about Major 5. We have a pretty interesting bracket, I think. Um, some things that jump off the page right away, which I know we'll get into deeper as we go along. But like FaZe does not have a, a winner's round one buy. They actually have to play in winner's round one, which uh, I believe they did earlier this year at some point. But it's just weird to see them on that first line. Um, and then on another note, like New York subliners, obviously they've had their struggles lately, but to see them in losers bracket round one is just kind of shocking to see, although they have an easy matchup too. So just looking at the bracket first glance, it looks like it could be a fun one just to see how this all shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. And yeah, it really feels like the, um, this the season just the the end of the season just kind of come out of nowhere at us. Um, I mean, it just feels like a couple of weeks ago we were looking at the All Star game and then there were stage four and then all of a sudden then we're talking about teams' last games because like they're being with them being eliminated. So it's just been a crazy ride and uh, we're 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 finally here at, at the end. And you mean you wish it was longer and and you wish you could see these teams at champs or you wish champs was more than like ten games in a weekend, but. It is it is what it is, I guess, at this point, and probably looking at a format change next year. Pros keep talking about that, so uh, we'll see. Calls from the pros for a tournament a, a month or so after the game comes out, so maybe we'll see that. Don't know if we will, because the, the CDL light loves to try to avoid immediately competing with um, the NFL, so... Maybe. We'll have to see. Because if you do about a month after the game release, you're then kind of getting into bowl season, Christmas season. I don't think the CDL is going to want that. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll just try it and, and go with it. But you made a really cool point there about FaZe having to play um, winners round one. It's actually a really cool stat here. If you look at games that the top teams have played, you have FaZe playing 39 games or matches. FaZe have played 39 matches. Dallas Empire has played 41 and Toronto has also played 41 games. So, although it's like that's not a huge difference, it's a difference of two games, generally the top teams play more games. So we're looking at a weird scenario where FaZe, even though they've made all f- all all four, probably five, all, f- all four major finals at this point, they've actually played less games than the top two teams, not because they sucked, but because they did so well that they kept getting those buys. They, they yeah, that's that's a heck of a stat, actually. Yeah, yeah, like because generally you'll see a team that like they'll like generally if a team isn't like the most dominant team, sometimes maybe the times they'll fall into the losers bracket and play a couple extra games. But Phase has gotten every single round one by except for this one, and I believe Major three against Subliners. That was the only time they didn't get. That's the only time they didn't get the buy. So that means, and that they've never dropped to, to the losers outside of. The fine outside of the winners bracket finals against New York, so that was only one extra game from there. So yeah, like they've played three extra games than they than they theoretically could have. That's it, which is which is just an insane stat, and it's it's just so crazy that that's because uh, generally t- the amount of games a team has played is correlated to a standing. Like for example, Seattle Surge has only played uh, thirty two games, and yet FaZe has played thirty nine games in, at the top of the league by a mile. So. It's just a crazy stat. It's crazy how dominant Atlanta phase is. And and I think even more scary is the fact of if Atlanta phase doesn't break up after this year, if this is the new look of the league, how, like, again, we're near the end, and obviously we're going to have conversations about this in the offseason, but, like, if phase is the new benchmark, if phase is the new starting line, and again, a lot of the players on the team are pretty young, you got RCDs who's a bit up there, but like Simp and, and Abizi and, and uh, Selium are, are all pretty young. Like, if that's the new benchmark, you have to, net 12, like, 11 teams have to meet that benchmark. And some of these teams aren't even going to come close. Like, you have to find such a high level quality of a team to even com- start competing with FaZe. And at that point, they just have a whole nother gear. Like, it is scary if that's the new benchmark that all these teams are going to have to meet in 2020, 
we'll call it 2022, in 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. Also, with, you know, expansion, we may get, you know, an extra four teams into the league. That's still, you know, to be determined. But if that's the case, you know, obviously we'll get to see more amateur players that we haven't really got a chance to see this year compete, uh, which is good to see. But at the same time, it's like if phase is still phase, then the league as a whole, like the hierarchy of teams doesn't change much. It's like phase clear number one um yes they can lose every now and then we saw that last week but uh, or the week prior but it's like you have this one team up top and then it's like okay well now we're either gonna need to like make super teams which i feel like already kind of exists like i think right chicago was kind of built in a way of like okay this is a very very good team that could compete at the top of the league and, you know, they're still, you know, although they beat FaZe in their last matchup, like, they just never showed that dominance that FaZe has throughout the year. So we could get a similar situation if if the teams kind of play out how they did this year of just it's FaZe and everybody else. I hope that's not the case. I hope, you know, players like superstars, all-stars from other teams team up and kind of switch it around and, and uh, we'll see what we get. But yeah, we don't even know really how the new COD's going to play out, so that could have a huge impact, right? Like, Cold War just might be, like, Simp and Abizi's best game, and, like, granted, they're amazing, like, maybe the best two players in the world, but, you know, maybe Cold War is significantly better for them than, uh, you know, the next COD later this year. So there's a lot to be determined, but, um, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for going forward as we get to the end of this year and uh, in, into the new uh, COD. So, yeah. Uh, that's a good point about about individual games, too. I, my full expectation for this, and, and it's a bit of a hot take, but I, I feel pretty confident in it. Because we heard so much about the development process of this game, like, not looking good, and then it was announced, I think, in, like, January or so that they were going to base... They, they were reusing the Modern Warfare... They were going to use the Modern Warfare 2018 engine... I would not be surprised if this is just like a World War II reskin of Modern Warfare. I think that's what this is going to be. And could be, yeah. And if that's the case, then suddenly this team looks a little less scary. This is suddenly a team who, in, in 2019, yeah, they were a really good team. Far from a dominant team. They had a nasty streak of losing in finals. They had a nasty streak where they took everybody to five games for a while in there. Now, granted, of course, they didn't have RCs. They were de- rolling with Major Maniac and Priest in, in a 5v5. But, like, it, it's very possible that, like, with the Krig so powerful and with, I mean, the the AK-47U is nowhere near as powerful as that MP5. That MP5 was ridiculous. But, I mean it's still not a bad weapon. Like, it's still a very powerful thing, and and, and maybe if you get... Because every once in a while, they'll pull out a, a Krig. So, it's very possible that if we get kind of, like, basically a Modern Warfare... If we go back to modern basically Modern Warfare, same movement, same everything as that, I think it, it, it's possible that if you do Natural Decline, plus you get a lot of better team building on some of these, because, again, so hopefully some of these managements will start making some smart decisions. And, obviously, that's a conversation for another day. Um, but I, I, I kind of think that what we're going to have to do is that I think the best teams, you're either going to get the best players or you're going to have a bunch of teams try to pay a premium for players who aren't as good, but have a big name. And I think what the smart teams are going to do is this, like, if you're one of these bottom teams and we'll talk about them in a second, but like, if you're Seattle, get rid of all four people, go like four challengers and like maybe someone who's maybe a veteran and that's it. Like, oh, three mm-hmm. challengers and like. I don't know, just a veteran, and then that's it. Like, roll with that. Like, why are you going to, like, you could try to get, like, a named player from a while ago, but, like, there is no point. Like, get someone who's brand new and has a much higher ceiling than, like, Silly or Assault or something. Like, don't get, like, because, like, you're going to see, like, people, like, the bottom teams are going to get dissolved, and then people are going to kind of go off, pick over the scraps of what's left of that, and, like, don't. Just get brand new blood into the league. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm I'm interested to see how it all plays out. And uh, but right now we got to talk about Major Five, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's see how this one goes because I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Okay, so kicking off Major Five Thursday afternoon. Again, it's nice to have four games on a day again. Um, it is. It is so nice. nice. <laughs> We're gonna hopefully next season 
we get four games a day. Cause, and, and that might be one of the problems with it, too. It's random tangent. We'll get to the games in a second. But I, I kind of feel one of the reasons why viewership is down is if you're only doing two, three games a day, if like one of those games sucks, it just ruins everything. Because you're like, why am I watching? It's like, oh, Seattle and, and Dallas are playing. It'd be like, okay. Wonder then, what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah and then it's like, oh, and then Toronto LAG is playing after that. Okay, well. I mean, this. If 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 one game is bad, if there's multiple games, people can kind of come back in and do a second game. But if there's just two bad games, then people are like, "These games all suck. Why am I here?" But yeah, yeah. Part of what makes like sports days exciting, like an NFL Sunday, is that there's constantly games on all day. And like, I mean, the COD League doesn't have enough teams, I think, to just run like six matches at once and yeah that'd be probably not great for viewership maybe but like yeah like load up less days with more matches and like teams want to play multiple times a day even like you hear it all the time and you see it at majors like you know when toronto ultra went on that crazy run in major two and won it it's like well they got to play and i mean dallas almost did it at the land major like yeah, you maybe you can just get hot on a day and play COD the whole day. And, like, yeah, teams don't really like, like, having a day off to game plan for a team and then playing one match on that day and then, oh, you lose, you're eliminated, or you play someone else, or you win and you got to wait another day to play. Like, it's fun when everything's moving very quickly. Like, yeah, it just... More matches on less days makes so much sense. And, um, yeah, I'm not really sure why they stuck with the whole, you know, two games Thursday, two games Friday, three games on the weekend kind of thing. But um, it is what it is. And, yeah, hopefully they'll uh, they'll switch it up for next year. Yeah. Definitely. Also, with, with more teams, like, yeah, it just makes sense that they have to. So, I mean, ideally, like. Ideally, I'd love it if we did like instead of five, everybody plays five games, and like you play two game, two week games, one week. Like honestly, it's fine to give teams a bye week or so. Like if you start running, like if you go up to like sixteen teams, you run like everybody plays each other in their group like twice, and then you play cross division once, which is fine because it's not like this isn't the NCAA. It's not like you're going to the swamp or or. Death Valley and in, in like in, in LSU, right? Like there, you can it's it's fine. There's no real home field advantage here. But if you can, if you like, just that would be a massive amount of games, and then that would be a stage, and maybe you have a couple stages, and you have stage playoffs and stuff like that. And if you could, you could at that, for that point, you could run, you could easily run four time slots, and you could run two games a time slot. That would be so many games. And the nice thing is, at that point, if a game sucks, you could change the other game. That's what the NFL has, right? There's like six games at one o'clock. Right. If if you're if you're watching like the the Packers Lions, and if you're like a Packers fan, and then the Packers go up seventeen, you're like, oh cool. Now I'm gonna go check out the the Dallas Philly game. But like you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that here because there's no there's no other games. You're just watching this game until its conclusion. And if like someone loses a hard point by like 150 points, well, you're gonna have to tough it out through the search and the control. So, but anyway. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we we have to talk about the games. So, <laughs> all right, game one Thursday afternoon, Seattle versus Paris. Seattle minus one seventy five on the money line. That's the uh, Lantane hype. Uh, Paris plus one twenty five. Seattle minus one and a half plus one fifty. Paris plus one and a half minus two hundred. Over four and a half maps plus one fifty. Under four and a half minus two hundred. This is my model. Actually, has Paris favored, but my my model does not realize that Octana supposedly is better on LAN. Yeah, same exact same thing. So I have Paris as the, like the slightest of favorites. I have them uh, winning this matchup 51% of the time. So uh, that's about as narrow as it gets. I got 54. I, will... I got 54, so not much better. Okay, okay, so we're in the same ballpark. So obviously it's a, a coin flip match, but... Yeah, I think the line is set where it is just because of what we saw with Seattle at the last major. And I said this before that major, like, Lan will be way overhyped. You know, like like I said, there's probably going to be a team or two who, like, exceed expectations. And all we're talking about is, like, oh, my God, this player or that player on Lan is different. And then you're going to remember that. And now going into this major, you're going to, like, 
that's baked into this line already. And you're going to have, I said, you know, at major four, there's going to be a team or two that shows up and that struggles a lot. And, you know, maybe we won't remember that as much as we will that the guys who dominate on land, but you know, that sort of dynamic exists. And I think, I think that number for Seattle is way too high. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not uncomfortable betting Paris at that line. Cause, I mean, Paris is just a tough team to figure out, as is Seattle sometimes. But, like, Paris last week, they lose two matches close. They You know, two, three uh, both times. And, and yeah, they're, they're right there. They're in the same tier as Seattle Surge. Um, yes, I think Seattle may be a better land team. Obviously, we have that data point that says they are probably better than Paris on land. But again, it, it like shouldn't shock you if Paris come out and win 3-1 because Seattle's just that team that might flop. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. This line actually started with, I believe it was Seattle as a slight favorite. It leveled out, and now Seattle's a bigger favorite. Money is coming in on some of these games. Um, some movement in some other money lines we'll talk about in a second. But um, but no, like I... Um, if this if this line goes higher, you get to Paris plus one fifty. You get to Paris plus one and a half at like minus one twenty, plus one hundred, plus one. If you get the plus one and a half at plus money or close to plus money, like it's minus two hundred now, that gets to plus one hundred, plus one twenty. Yeah, bet that because I I could see people just going insane on Seattle hype. And again, we got a couple days, so I'd wait this one overnight. But if that plus one and a half is near even, like. I I'm I very much consider taking a shot at it. Um, yeah, so, I, I I couldn't agree more. I so, don't think this will be but, a great match in terms no. of like viewership, but um, yeah, I, I think it'll be pretty good if you decide to pick on Paris. So yeah, um, I the thing of it is, I think um, it, I don't like I, this game will be bad, and like either team could win this, and Seattle just destroyed Paris in the last major, but. I mean, we'll see. This is kind of like a do not, don't put the don't put the result of this in every parlay. Like it's like there's some value on Paris, but like not a lot of value. And Seattle's right. is kind of like team where they're just have they're like oh after their last win they're like oh we're just gonna have fun. And again, they beat LAG three nothing, so that's not really the crazy. There's not like really the biggest upset there, but like they're just balling out and having fun. And Paris seems to be a bit struggling after that London match, but they did come back to game five, so we'll have to see. But Anyway, moving on to the next game, uh, New York Subliners with without now without Clayster, probably without Clayster for this. We don't know yet, hundred percent, but probably without Clayster. Subliners minus five hundred, LAG plus three 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 thirty three. Subliners minus one and a half, minus two twenty five. LAG plus one and a half, plus one sixty two. Over three and a half, minus two hundred. Under three and a half, plus one fifty. It. It might be hard for for uh, viewers to believe, but there's actually value on New York in this line. There is there is still value. Uh, like I have New York as like a minus four hundred, and LEG is like a plus four hundred. So like it's I mean maybe not so much necessarily on New York, but like there is still like New York is is actually perfectly fine to bet it. This already pretty high price. Um, yeah, the the one thing you have to worry about though is like LEG. Now, you probably don't have to worry about it if they cared, because I don't think they do. But, like, you know, now it's the major. Now are they going to decide to show up? You know, probably not, but maybe there's that in them. But you got to think New York is, like, like all they're thinking is we're going to 3-0 LAG. Like, but all, at the same time, like, maybe it's a look-ahead spot for New York. Like, they're already, you know, looking forward to their next match. It would be against Mutineers. Like, are they getting that confident? And, you know, there's the roster drama with Clayster now and that sort of thing. And I don't know. It's like this is as much of a stay away, for me at least, as a game can get. Just because LAG, like, obviously you have no confidence in betting them. And the number even feels sh- like plus 333 doesn't... Like, who is picking that? I don't know anyone. So... Yeah, it can be kind of trappy. Maybe it's like a New York 3-2. Like, that would surprise me, too, if it ended up like that. But, um, yeah, I I have no feel for this game whatsoever. And, I, I mean, I'll be tuning in to see how it plays out. But, like, I I seriously, like, it wouldn't shock me if LAG gets swept. But it would shock me if, like, 
New York looks bad too. I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough call. Um, in terms of New York, I jumped on immediately. I got the minus one. I got the minus one and a half at minus one sixty three. So I like the second I saw this line, I took it. Yeah, and I threw it in a parlay with phase minus one and a half, ultra minus one and a half. It's a cool plus uh, three uh, two thirty. So. Uh, so that was nice. I took that. But that being said, though, like it, it, it could go badly, but it's like the thing of it is there's two things in my mind competing for this. One, at some point, LEG, by the law of large numbers, should win a hard point. Like they, they, they will try and maybe they will succeed. I don't know. But at some point, they theoretically should win a hard point. That being said, you see their scrims posted on Twitter and they keep losing. They lose most hard points to challengers teams. Like they, and it's not, some of them aren't particularly close. Like maybe they'll win one out of the five hard points to a, like to a challengers team, which is disgraceful and shameful and should not be a pro team. Um, but that being said, though, this subliners team, it, it feels off. Honestly, to me, the subliners team, and, and this this will come off as maybe a dig at like a seam or Hydra. It's not meant as a dig at a seam at all. But this feels like like this feels like a challengers team. This feels like a really young team that doesn't necessarily have a, a leader. I know it seems trying, and I, I love a seam. It seems a great player, and Hydra's great too. But it's just, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Diamond Con. I'm not the biggest fan of Mac. There's no particular veteran leadership on this team. It just feels like it feels like it has a pieces missing. And obviously it does because Clayster is supposed to be on this team, but he's not. It just feels like some pieces that are missing. But that being said, don't see problems against LEG. They should win this game pretty cleanly. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see if Clayster does decide to come back. I, I thought initially he was just going to sit out for like the last two matches of Stage 5 and then come back for the Major. So... I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but yeah, if he's not back, I mean, you really worry about their chances. I mean, obviously in this major, it's going to be tough for them starting in losers round one, but I don't know. It's just Clayster not being on the team matters a ton, probably even more so than if like, if Simp like needed a week off for FaZe and they subbed in whoever, like, I think FaZe would be okay because they're a well-structured team that like leadership is shared amongst the group so like and i guess our cities maybe is like the actual in-game leader type guy but like i don't know if there's another player close to clayster's level of just sheer importance to his team so that's what worries me i do think obviously the players on new york even though they're you know a challengers-esque team like i think they're all still better than all of lag and like you said before, like LAG loses challengers teams all the time. So <laughs> how is this going to be different? I don't think it will be. Um, with all that being said, it's going to be an LAG 3-0 probably. And yeah. um, it'll be the most surprising thing to have happened all year. <laughs> yeah. So they'll be like, we're not going home yet. And then it immediately <laughs> lose 3-0 to Florida. So yeah. next up is um, actually, actually quick point on that. I think you're saying, uh, players that would be most effective. I think the next most after Clay would probably be Krim. Yeah, because I can see that. That's like the next one when, I, when you're thinking about players like that. I think the next one would be Krim, and like maybe after that Insight. But he's not. He's important, but he's like they could probably you just put. Methods yeah, back Toronto's in. built in a way where it's like they are all like I don't know if there's necessarily one dude on that team who's like shot calling everything like Clay would be or like Krim would be. So yeah, I mean. Clayster sitting for New York is just obviously it's it's been really rough. So I'm I'm curious to see when he comes back. Well, the, the rumor and and Asim basically said this rumor on on the flank is that um and he confirmed this that that this was what was happening that Clay basically left because there was tension with the team and Clay was basically like if if I leave you guys will suck so I'm gonna leave now to prove to you that I'm right and that you need to to do what I say and and I mean they beat Paris they lost to Phase three zero. But I mean, if there if this is a team that has is like fu Clayster for leaving us, then like this team could go on a bit of a run, and that would probably start by beating LAG by at least two games, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, next up, we got Phase versus Rocker. Phase is minus eight hundred on the money line. Rocker plus four fifty. Um, minus one and a half on phase minus three thirty four. Um, Minnesota plus one and a half plus two forty. Phase over uh, over three and a half minus one sixty three under three and a half plus one twenty. Um, this just this line just feels short. Well, it's it's 
it just feels short. Like I just um, I I took the minus one and a half immediately because I don't see Minnesota covering the minus one and a half. Like maybe they maybe they knock off a hard point or a control or a search maybe, but phase is now just like they, they're pissed off that they lost to optic they're just they're this is now their like revenge tour they're like we're gonna just like destroy every team that that come that comes in our way yeah i i agree completely this it always is kind of funny every time i punch in a hypothetical atlanta versus you know any other team just to see what numbers come out and against minnesota they have about a 90 percent chance to win with according to my model and like at first glance, it's like, wait, really? And then you remember, like, okay, wait, Atlanta has won, you know, like 80, what, 6, 87, 88% of their matches this year. Just all of their matches. And then you think about, like, okay, their strength of schedule is probably a little harder than the average team just because, you know, they get to a major and they play a lot of games and the teams they play are good teams. So you factor that and you go, okay, so maybe they should actually be a little bit better than that. And then you factor in, like, Minnesota, who are a middling team, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, 90% isn't, like, a crazy number to, you know, imagine. So, honestly, yeah, the number, the the minus 800, the minus 334, those are about right. Um, I agree with you. It's really hard to see Minnesota taking two maps unless they get a really good map pool. But, I mean, at a major, are you going to get that? We see Atlanta do it all the time you know, during a stage where, uh, you know, average to below average teams, they'll play those teams on, you know, their bad maps and or on those teams' good maps, I should say. Atlanta's bad maps, hypothet- like, they don't, they don't have any bad maps, but the maps that they could use work on, they'll play on those. At a major, I really don't think that's going to come through. You're going to have to play Atlanta on whatever they decide to play on that day which is just a whole nother level of like strategy that goes into why Atlanta is amazing. It's like when you're good at pretty much every map and mode minus a couple, like you can kind of do whatever you want in terms of map vetoes. Cause you know, like rocker are going to have whatever the heck they veto all the time, you know, like checkmate control, that sort of thing. So it's like, if you're Atlanta, it's like, okay, well then we get to decide like, do we want to practice garrison control or do we want to practice raid? You know, what do we match up better against versus Rocker on those maps? So there's just so many things that go in Atlanta's favor that it just it never ceases to amaze me. With all that being said, like, yes, Atlanta will, will win. I think they'll probably win 3-0 again, as they tend to do. Um, but it wouldn't shock me at all if it's a 3-1. I think that's almost as likely as a sweep in this series. So, um, so yeah, and Atlanta minus 1.5, I don't hate, but, like, I don't know. The the numbers on Atlanta are just always so so high that like it's just not worth it. But if you really want it, then go get it. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. This it, the line just feels short. This feels like this should be like an Atlanta minus a thousand. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, again, this Minnesota team. Um, if they do worse than like Florida at this major and or thieves in this major like this could be like minnesota if they do worse than this minnesota could be three games away from their season ending yeah and like i i said this last week um but like it's it's just like i i i'm not in love with this team i i'm not completely sure how they beat florida 3-0 um it was a weird set of circumstances i guess it like florida just came out really flat after losing to toronto i guess it was just like it they do weird. It, it's weird. I, I'm not completely in love with this team, and and definitely not against Phase. So we'll have to see. Anyway, moving on. Last game of Thursday, uh, Toronto versus Thieves. Toronto minus two seventy five on the money line. That disrespect. Um, <laughs> Thieves plus two hundred. Um, Toronto minus one and a half at minus one twenty. Thieves plus one and a half minus one twenty. Toronto over four and a half plus one seventy five. Thieves under four and a half minus two fifty. Um, there's one thing Toronto does really well, and that is destroying LA thieves. Yeah, and like that's actually true. Like it's like half a joke, but like it is legitimately true that they there. I think they've not lost to thieves all year. They lost, I think, one one map to Thieves, and that was a Miami, which is Toronto's worst map. 
which like Lord knows why they were playing Miami against these, but like it is, these have been not, these are, these are some of the most blowout games we've seen all year when Toronto plays LA thieves. This is the two fifty to 14 raid. This is, a, I think it was a checkmate that was also not particularly close. Like these are brutal. <laughs> these have been yeah. some of the most brutal beatdowns we've seen all year. Yeah, totally agree. I, uh, I don't hate the minus one and a half for Toronto. If, if you're going to do either that or just straight actually up come, to win. It's come down too. Like that, Which, that yeah, opened that at minus 163 and it's down to minus 120. I have it in my old bet as one, minus 163. I want to re-up now. I will wait, yeah, for, that, wait for it to level off. But like, I, who's betting on yeah. Thieves plus one and a half? Well, the thing is like with Thieves, all year I've mentioned how they're the trickiest team to figure out, right? Like they make so many roster moves that make sense, some that don't make sense. You know, when you're down on them, then they overperform. When you're way high on them, then they underperform. And I think we're now in the cycle where it's like people have expectations for Thieves. And Toronto, you know, coming off a loss to Dallas, like, oh, maybe Toronto's coming down a little bit. And people talk themselves into, like, this could be an upset. And maybe they just want it to happen. But, like, yeah, you're right. Like, Thieves are just the opposite of what you think they are. Like, it would not shock me if they lose to Toronto. I think maybe like 3-1. Like maybe they take a map. I don't know what it'd be, but 3-1. And then they get knocked down to losers and they have to play like Florida or New York. And they get bounced after that. And it's like, oh, so Thieves had a pretty good stage five. And then they got to the major and just threw up on themselves. And like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Now... I'd like to have, like, I want them to be a good team just because I want more good teams in the league. But, like, not a good match against Toronto. Last time we saw them, this time I don't think they'll be quite as bad. I mean, it's hard to be worse than what we saw last time, but my goodness. Um, yeah, a Toronto 3-1, I think it could be 3-0 even. Like, I think Toronto are going to want to bounce back after that Dallas loss. And uh, this is a good team to do it against. So, give me Toronto. Yeah, if um, for for the CDL um, for the CDL broadcast, if one of their keys to the game for LA Thieves isn't John remembering how to spell his name, then they have failed. They have failed in their job <laughs> in providing entertainment. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't know where I mean, Thieves is, is again a pretty public team, so they're doing this, and people people will bet on them. That, that's fine. But like, and I, I also I. In my mind, like okay, fine. I I accept that thieves beat Optic, but like in my mind, like they did not beat Optic. Like I I still don't understand how they beat Optic. Like Optic was so dominant in the first two maps, and like we, usually when we talk about like a reverse sweep, it's like oh, Leg got up two zero against Dallas, and Dallas reverse swept them, and maybe they'd be even favored if if Leg got up two zero, then Dallas would be favored to reverse sweep them. But like we don't talk about teams that get completely utterly destroyed in the first two maps that are not the favorites coming back to reverse sweep a team like that never happens. And like yeah. it's just it's crazy. Like I don't like I was watching that game kind of passively off to the side, and like I saw Optic just destroy Thieves in the map one. I'm like, okay, this is over. And then then they destroy the map two. I'm like, okay, this is. Again, over. And then map three, they did better. I'm like, okay, fine. They're just prolonging the inevitable. Optic will finish them off on the hard point. And then they didn't. I'm like, okay, well, that's a bit concerning. But, oh, well, they'll probably finish them off in the search. And then they just didn't. And it's... And then, <laughs> then Thieves won that game. And, again, I, I I had Optic minus one and a half in a parlay. The parlay died with Florida Moneyline, so that's that was fine anyways. So I was just... That was just pride at that point. But the thing of it is, is it's like... I. I said this a while ago, like, don't bet on Optic LA Thieves, just buy Bitcoin instead. And I think that I should never bet on L at Optic LA Thieves again. Just never, ever again. It's just always bad. It's never a good thing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, unless there's a way where you can, like, bet on craziness to happen, because it seemingly always does. Like, I guess you could take, like, the over four and a half maps, but, like, that's never, like, super fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Thieves are tough to figure out. They have been all year. They're riding pretty high. That reverse sweep is super memorable against a very good team, you know, a team that has a, a winner's bracket by. And so now it's like, oh, yeah, Toronto, they're, they could beat Toronto. They just beat Chicago. And it's like, I think people underestimate how easily a reverse sweep can happen in this league. Like you mentioned before, like, 
the underdog team going up 2-0 on a favorite, you know, it, obviously it depends on who's playing who, but like that happens a decent amount of the time. And then it's like, okay, could the favorited team pre-match, you know, now win three in a row? It's like, yeah, of course they could. It's two maps. And it's a best of five series. If we're playing best of sevens, you know, that probably happens a lot less. But yeah, in a best of five series, like you just got to win three in a row after losing two. It's a very specific outcome, but it happens. It's just, yeah, it, people don't expect it ever to happen because a team goes up 2-0, you know, and in dominant fashion sometimes. And they go, oh, well, this team's chalked or, you know, they can give up. But really, it's like just reset. And uh, and you're good to go. You got to win three maps. Like you know, it's not crazy to imagine. So, yeah, thieves are are not the team to pick on right now, or they are the team to pick on. Toronto will beat them three zero or three one. And if they beat them three two, I'll be a little surprised. Honest, if Toronto win three yeah. two, I'll I'll think that's a win for thieves for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, moving on to the next round here. So let's talk about the winners now. So. Hilariously, if Thieves were to beat Toronto, we would have a rematch of that insane game. Um, but probably not, though. And I actually tweeted on, I, I put it on Twitter on, on Lean Toss Up when Optic beat FaZe. I'm like, in the future, Toronto will play Optic, and Optic will be favored, and we'll bet on Toronto. And if Toronto beats Thieves, that's very likely what will happen. I Based on where that line is with Thieves and, and Toronto, I very much expect Optic would be the favorite in that match, by betting lines at least. Because yeah, I because they're they're gonna take they're gonna take a bunch of optic money, so they're gonna put optic as the favorite. You might you're probably gonna get Toronto at plus money, maybe plus one twenty or so. And yeah, we're taking Toronto. I'm yeah, taking Toronto, easily, please. easily. That might be the best bet you could make all tournament, honestly. Because uh, I mean, I'm I'm so happy to see Chicago have success, find like this exactly, level yeah. of success. But now it's gonna go way way overblown in terms of you know optic support. And like expectations for Chicago, it's like let's slow down, people. Like, just look at bigger sample size. Here's what I want to talk about: bigger sample size. Toronto Ultra have been a good, like maybe the second best team in the league for how many months in a row now? Like, people were talking about them as better than Phase when they beat Phase way back in whatever that was, April, whenever that happened. But like. Chicago have been a roller coaster of a team and like their last five matches have gone really really well those are just five matches like do we not forget that they started in losers bracket uh two majors ago and it's like and they got bounced against Toronto you know in uh in the last major in winners round one it's like this Chicago team's very inconsistent and yes they may be on a hot streak right now but that can come to an end and I think it might if Toronto runs into them you know in in round two so that's a match I would be super excited to see um because hypothetically I have Toronto versus Chicago as a 60-40 essentially with Toronto as the favorite which is going to surprise a lot of people but again that just bakes in Toronto has been the better team for a longer period of time and I'm just relying on that as opposed to Chicago's recent run of success. Because other than that, it's it's been a lot of up and down for Chicago throughout the year. Yeah, and um, I mean, I'm happy to see them too. And a good optic is, is always good for the game, brings in a lot of viewers. And this game could probably be one of the most watched. And actually, I'm realizing now, it's probably going to be the night game. It's It would be the Friday night game, whoever plays it. Actually, oh my, that's going to be two amazing games. You can have Dallas Phase. And Optic, either Toronto or Optic Thieves. And then you have two other games, like four other teams playing that no one really cares about. But no, <laughs> those, t- no, I mean, actually, New York and Florida will be one of those. New York and Florida are probably one of those four, two other teams. So, but yeah, so that that's going to be a good game and definitely going to take Toronto there. Dallas FaZe, um, what do we think about that? I think is like FaZe lost Optic. And the thing is, I kind of saw it coming. You could see it a little bit if you if you squinted a little bit, because you see them drop a map here or there. I think they dropped a map to pair. No, no, they had three out of Paris. They lost a, Oh, that's right. They, they lost a map to thieves. We're kind of close against thieves. It was a nice spot to pick against phase with that optic match, especially like the plus one and a half or the plus two and a half against phase. Didn't expect optic to actually win, but again, they can. And again, it was an, it was around 11 on standoff, one of phases weaker maps. So that's fine. 
But again, just because just because Optic beat FaZe doesn't mean that Optic is now one of the best teams in the game, which is I guarantee what the betting lines are going to say. And also, it does not mean that FaZe is bad now. It means that FaZe was ripe for a picking, and it happened. And, yeah, some, and, and somehow honestly, Slasher is really, really good on that one, went outside that one window on Moscow S&D. Yeah, That's and also honestly, what, what Chicago did, because we were talking about it last podcast, I was like, because that was right before um, that week where they played each other. Yeah. And I talked about how Chicago kind of needed to be a little weird with the map sets, and they, they were. Like, they picked, or I mean, the Search and Destroys that came through at least were like, not what you'd expect just based on straight up like map record for each team. Like Chicago let through a Miami and I, I believe they lost it still, but like they were pretty freaking close. And it's like, those are the wrinkles you got to throw at Atlanta in order to beat them. And I think Toronto's done a good job doing that against Atlanta all year. Obviously it took them to a major championship, but like, you can't play the game how Atlanta wants to play it or else you're going to get beat. Like you have to be a little funky. You got to change things up just enough and you have to be a really good team. Obviously the talent, you know, will show up and Chicago has the talent. Are they better than phase any given day? Probably not, but, or every single day, no, but any given day, yes. So I don't know. It's tough. If we get Dallas Atlanta again, you're right. But that day with Dallas Atlanta hypothetical and Toronto uh, Chicago, that would be nuts. Um, if Dallas Atlanta were to happen, you know, you have to have Atlanta as the favorite. Obviously, I'd have them winning about three quarters of the time um, in a best of five versus Dallas. So, you know, it's obviously a big number, but in terms of matchups, like. There aren't a whole lot that get closer than that for Atlanta. We saw what Dallas could do against them at the major uh, on LAN just you know a month and a half ago. And uh, yeah, to get them in a best of five is like right where you want them. So I'm interested to see if this is the match where the line goes because obviously you have to think Atlanta's the favorite even though they're the team coming from winners round one. But I don't know. They might... They might be a lot more bettable, Atlanta I'm talking about, they might be a lot more bettable in this matchup than they will be against Rocker, because that Rocker line is just, it's a little too high for me. I know that you kind of liked it, but I just don't see it coming down, really. If it does, I'll be a little surprised, but FaZe Empire could be a spot where like a Atlanta minus one and a half could be a really good play, but we'll have to see where that line ends up. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that minus one and a half could be a good play. If you're waiting for like day of, if you see a good map set for Dallas, a plus one and a half bet there on Dallas, I'd expect a plus one and a half would probably come in about the same as Optic, maybe like a plus 150 or so. But again, that will be a very interesting line to see. The fact that Atlanta has not ballooned out, like there's been much more movement in the Thieves and Seattle lines than the Atlanta line, might indicate people aren't betting up Atlanta anymore. So, and if they're going to, if they know they're going to take Dallas Empire money, Maybe, 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 like, I don't think Dallas can be the favorite, but maybe this could be a really close line. So that's something definitely interesting to look out for, especially on when we get those lines Thursday night into Friday morning. Friday, uh, these will be the losers bracket matchups that we've projected for, at least I believe we're all in agreement that subliners will beat gorillas. At that point, we're then down to Florida and New York. My take on this one, if Florida's the dog, bet Florida. If the subliners are the dog, ugh. I don't know. Maybe about the dog depends on what the line is. If it's like two to one or something, then it depends. It depends where the lines are. But like I can, I, I see myself taking the 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 underdog in this matchup, and depends on how subliners do against gorillas. What do you think? I think yeah, you said it right there. It depends entirely, I think, on how New York looks versus LAG. Because if New York win three zero, you know, easily without Clayster, they show up versus Florida. Actually, I don't even know if that's going to change the line a lot because so many people just hate LAG and think they're not even a team worthy of being in the league anymore. So a New York 3-0 might not matter, but you will get sort of like reassurance if you want to bet them versus Mutineers that like, yeah, they're still like a pretty good team that could beat Florida any any time. If they win, if if New York wins 3-2... I actually think there could be a lot of value on New York. And that might sound way counterintuitive, but like a New York team that struggles against LAG but still gets the job done, like 
who's going to want to pick that against Florida? Like, nobody. So I do think you get New York at a pretty big underdog price at that point. Um, that might be worth it. But again, it's a lot of volatility with New York if Clayster's not in the lineup. Um, so that's something to worry about. But Florida, we've talked about all year, they're kind of the epitome of, like, a volatile team. Like, they win against teams they shouldn't win against, and then they struggle against teams they shouldn't struggle against. And, you know, one week you're thinking Florida's a top five team, and then the next you're like, well, are they really that much better than, like, London? So this is a tricky game. If we see it, I'll be excited because I really – it could go either way, in my opinion. If it's LAG Florida, I will be very upset, but obviously I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, this might just be a sit and watch for me if things play out how I think they'll play out, where New York looks pretty good against LAG. You know, where does the line fall with that? I think Florida would be favored slightly, but I don't think it'd be by much. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just a wait and see. I just want to make sure that New York beat LAG cleanly. Um, before I do anything, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I. It's it's hard. Like if someone's a, if any if anybody in this matchup is like a plus two hundred, you take them. I I don't know what we're gonna see. This line this line might open up minus one twenty minus one twenty. I don't know. Part of me like the thing is this New York team would have longer to go right. I mean they beat Paris three one. That was or no three two. Sorry, that was relatively convincing. Kind of. I mean the game five was a bit of a blowout. They had a bad. They've had bad hard points, which again maybe they're going to be competitive. Comp- uh, actually, no, they're still not competition for LAG. LAG is still by far the worst hard point team in the league. But, um, no, it's it's a hard call to say like either of these teams, right? I could there's a you can make a very good case for New York as okay. Well, they they were just starting out. Like they had literally only had two days to practice before that that Paris game. And then they got obliterated by face. So you can very make you can make a very very good case that like okay, well they just needed some more time, and that's definitely true. And you give them another whole week, and yeah, sure, maybe they can actually pull off the. They can definitely beat LAG. You're gonna get another at least three maps out of that, and then maybe against Florida, yeah, maybe they can pull off. I'd assume at this point an upset, um, but Florida could also pull it out too. So like this game really is fifty fifty for me. I have no idea where this could go. And I think it's, it's going to be a finesse pick as to where, where you see the lines. And if you see some value in the lines, I think it's probably dead even, but if you get someone at like plus money, if you get someone at like a, at a plus one and a half at plus money on a plus spread, like maybe, maybe you bet on that. There's some options there, or you just stay away. If you don't, if they're dead, even you maybe just stay away from this game. Like I don't have a strong feeling as to either, or I just have a strong feeling that there's going to be value on one of these teams. And you bet that team. That's what my take on, is on it. But yeah, like, Here's a good way to think about it, I think, is like, let's just say New York beat LAG 3-0. 3-0 or 3-1, either one. Is it crazy to think that New York could 3-0 Florida? I don't think it is. Is it crazy to think Florida could 3-0 New York? Like, no, I don't, like, I really don't know where this could go. I think it's a really good just sit and watch kind of a game to see how it ends up, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It could be a headache trying to figure it out pre-match. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just excited to see, hopefully, as long as LAG doesn't, like, try all of a sudden and somehow beat New York, I'm excited to see this match because I actually think of all the hypotheticals besides Atlanta-Dallas, I think this one's pretty likely to happen. I, the thing about LAG for me is that, like, you saw it when they were against Seattle. Like, just the look of despondency. on They were just so despondent. They are just like, we're done. We yeah. are at, like after that game one when they got blown out, and then after the game two when they also got blown out, they just they were just so down and just like they're you could tell they're just done. Like at this point, you're now dragging them out from L.A. to Dallas, and then basically it's like cool, you play this game, and then I don't know if they're going to kick around or not. I don't know if they're going to stay and watch the games or hang out with friends, or they just get to go home and see their families, because they probably haven't been living with their families for months, right? Like, if you're at this point where you're done, and you know you're done, and you don't want to be there anymore, and it's like, cool, you play this game, and you can hop on the next, and they're playing a relatively early game, too. You play this game, you hop on a plane, you could be home later that night. Like, I... Yeah, and then enjoy your off-season. Yeah, it it has an appeal, for sure, and yeah, New York feels like the team that's like, they're just not gonna lose to LAG, so... 
Um, yeah, I know we're, we're going, we're kind of backtracking talking about that one again, but like New York versus Florida should be an interesting match. I just, I, I have no idea where it's going to end up in terms of a line and in terms of how it'll play out. So it's intriguing, but sorry for the lack of advice, everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, one more just thing we'll say about this. If you're LAG and you're going out there and you've been complete, like you can either have one of two takes on it. You can either be like, we're going to go out there and we're going to prove everybody wrong. Or you go out there and you have lost com- all confidence in yourselves and you guys are preparing yourselves like, hey guys, this could be the last time we all play together, which maybe some of them hate each other on this team. I don't know, but it could be like, this could be the last time that we all play together on a, on a, on a, on a major team. And it's just like, there's either the level of like, this could be it. So we're going to go as far as we can, or this could be it. And then this is just the last time we get to play on a, on a, on a major team. And then that's it. And then that's, this is the last time we get to play on it. And like, that's it. So it, it could go either way, but I, I don't think the subliners go out that way. I don't think they're going to leave exit round one, but anyway, moving on to the, to the space. I think this is the last game we're going to cover completely in depth here um, mm-hmm. because we don't really ha- know the rest of the bracket at this point. London versus worse. We're going with Paris, but it could also be Seattle too. We'll play for it either way. Again, this is just ugly. Like, why do we have to pick a side in any of these games? Like, London seemed to <laughs> London seemed to pick it up a bit. They beat um they beat New York and they beat Thieves. Paris did not do that. So, I mean, see, actually, they did half of it, but they didn't. They couldn't pull it off against the subliners. So, like, I guess London's a better team. My model's going to say London's a better team. They're probably going to be favored. Paris seems like downtrodden too I, I don't know these are so hard why like th- this is another stay away game too like unless we see insane value on like someone i guess yeah yeah i think yeah if it's london paris i think it's like a definite stay away i would imagine london would probably be slight favorites but if it comes down to like you know if paris somehow like just beat the crap out of seattle then this could be like even money both sides. And then I think London might be a play, but overall how I think everything will play out. If Paris wins, you know, it'll probably be three, one, three, two London will be slight favorites still. And that's kind of what it should be. I have London as a a 57% chance to win. If it gets to this point, if it's Seattle, if Paris lose to Seattle, I think London could be, like a gigantic play like maybe my second favorite to like if toronto and optic run into each other i think picking london to just beat the crap out of seattle if it's seattle could be really good because again that whole land you know octane on land thing could just continue to roll on and it's like hold on people it's paris like paris ain't a good team London's also not a good team, but like London have at least shown that they're not in the basement of teams. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of a gap, I think, between London and Paris and Seattle and LAG where like London's going to try and good for them. And I, you know, I think Paris and Seattle are going to try too. I think LAG's in their own camp of just like, it's over for us. But yeah, I don't know if you're London, you're starting in in losers round two, you got to win this match and yeah, you go on a little run, you can make some nice cash. Uh, like, it it makes sense. So I think London versus Seattle, if that's the matchup, give me London. If it's London versus Paris, I don't want any part of it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And even if we're looking at, like, if, if Paris is just like, like all these teams right now are like, oh, let's just take a take a win as, as how we can see it, right? If we just take, take a win from a, a top team somewhere or something, right? And if, even if Seattle's saying that too, right? Like if Seattle's like, cool, we're just going to wreck Paris. And Par- if Scraps is saying like he's retiring and he's or going to do Warzone, maybe he tries to play it out for his last game. I don't know. But at that point, like even if you're Seattle and you're like, ah, oh, let's just see how far we can get. Famous last words. But at the, at the same point though, like what point are you like, cool, we proved our point. Like if you, you beat LAG, you're not the worst team in the league, congrats. But like, and then okay, cool. You beat Paris. Okay, well, what what more is there? Are you gonna beat London? Okay, we beat London. Then you're just gonna get crushed by the next team. And like, if you're London, like London upset New York and Thieves. So like, if if you're London or no, no, I think Thieves beat. Did Thieves beat London? Thieves beat London. They would have had to beat London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So London, yeah, London. I can't. I'll look back at that. I can't remember now. But but no, it's 
it's it's a hard call to say like the question is how far do you go until they feel like they've accomplished what their goal was? Like how long until you feel like you, you stuck it to the man? You're like, yeah, we got, we got this. We, 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 we proved, we proved we were better than, than people thought we were. And the question is when do you hit that wall? And I think in some cases, specifically for Seattle and LAG, I think that wall is pretty close. Paris and London may have the wall a bit longer, but I think at a certain point, if, if you're Paris and you're London, you get past loser Paris, any of these teams, you get past losers bracket round two. And I think you're like, cool, mission accomplished. We're done here. And then you can, you can exit gracefully. Cause then at that point, it's Saturday. It's literally, you get through two rounds, it's Saturday and you're like, cool, this is respectable. We got on a Saturday. That's fine. Unless of course you yeah, get someone I, on a bad day, but like at that point, then you're still not getting out of Saturday though. I don't think. Yeah. It, isn't it just kind of, it feels wrong that one of Seattle, Paris and London is going to make it to losers round three. Like that just in my head, like shouldn't happen. You know, because those three teams are all pretty much near the bottom, and to think that one of them will make it to Saturday is just, like, kind of a gross thought. But um, past that, like, no, they probably have no chance if they're going to run up against, you know, even, like, a Rocker or a Thieves. Like, yeah, they could beat whoever comes out of that threesome, like, could beat Thieves or Rocker. I don't know about the other top four teams, but, like, I don't know. Just that whole bottom part of the bracket is just really gross. I really don't care about how it plays out. Like, if Seattle go on a little run and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe Sam LaRue on on or uh, on land is, like, actually good and, like, it matters a lot. Like, that's an interesting storyline. But if, like, London comes out and looks pretty good, if Paris comes out and looks pretty good, like, I really don't care. Like, they're just going to run into somebody at some point and that'll be that and they'll be done. And you're right, it'll be a nice story for kind of whoever goes on that run. Um, but overall it's, yeah, that, that part of the bracket down there, just don't even worry about it that much. Like if you don't want to watch the matches, like that's totally okay. Like they're the only, again, one. They're the only ones <laughs> anyway. Get, only watch yeah. a supper, watch a supper. That's what you do. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's, because, because we were, we were expressing a lot of uncertainty with like Dallas, Atlanta and Toronto optic and even some more other upper market. There's no point in kind of projecting the entire bracket. So let's just kind of wrap up with, who are our picks? And I think obviously that kind of comes down to can Atlanta lose this? Is that it, it, if you play Atlanta in a best of nine, can any of these teams beat Atlanta in a best of nine? I have an answer to this. What's your answer to this? I think like can they lose in a best of nine? Like yes, but I mean obviously Atlanta's path to get there is much harder now that they have to start in winners round one. So what I'll say is. I haven't crunched the numbers yet on my tournament simulations to see how often Atlanta win this thing, but it's going to be far less than, you know, any other pre-tournament odds. So I'll say that, but I'll say at the same time, like Atlanta's path for, you know, not being in winner's round two right off the bat is like not bad because Rocker, I still think are like the seventh or eighth best team. Like they're in the tier with Thieves in Florida. You know, like, they're all bundled up in the middle. We don't really know what they're going to do. Minnesota's a good control team, but outside of that, it's like you really worry about their hard point and search and destroy at times. So Atlanta have a pretty nice path with getting Rocker round one, and then I think of, like, getting to play either Optic or Dallas. I think I like them versus Dallas a little more. Um, I know we just saw Dallas beat Toronto, but we also just saw Chicago beat Atlanta. So with all that being said, it's like, I don't know. It's just the path looks pretty clear for Atlanta. I do think they should be the tournament favorites, despite not getting the bye. Um, how it'll shake out, like I'd love, I'd love to see Atlanta fall early. Like if Atlanta lose to Dallas, I think this tournament gets super interesting. Um, this would be the best tournament all year, except yeah, like yeah, two, yeah. Because then we have to watch Atlanta just like beat the crap out of Seattle or you know like we get to see one of those matches again and it's like we just get to see Atlanta just like climb its way back into the final which would be a very cool storyline I don't think that'll be how it plays out I think it's more likely like Atlanta beats Rocker Atlanta beats Dallas Atlanta beats either Chicago or Toronto and then they're in the finals again and then it's like at that point, yes, they could lose the best of nine. We saw them lose to Toronto. We saw them almost lose to Dallas, if not for 
uh, a fantastic map eight and map nine. So yeah, they can lose. Um, do I think they will? No, I, I still think they have to be the favorite. I'm curious to see, and, I, and I'll publish these on Twitter once I finish uh, all the simulations, but curious to see who out of um, uh, Ultra, Optic, and Dallas would have the second best odds, because in my model, Toronto is still the number two team in the league, despite their recent struggles, especially versus Dallas. So does the round one match versus Thieves matter that much? I actually think it might, and it I actually think Toronto are probably the fourth most likely team to win this tournament, hmm. um, which isn't a huge surprise. But like them and Optic and Dallas, like they hold a, a lot of, um, I guess, probability in terms of who could come out of this. So I think we have a really good tournament on our hands. It might be the best of the year outside of champs, um, just with the way the teams are set up, uh, you know, within the bracket. So I'm I'm super super excited. I will say that if if we do get like bet to win the tournament at odds and we get something like Toronto plus twelve hundred, like twelve to one or something, I'm taking that. I think that's a really yeah. good bet. Um I will say about Toronto and, and FaZe and even Dallas in that case, I think you need to be able to beat them in S and Ds. You need to be able to beat Atlanta in S and Ds and Toronto the thing is Toronto needs to clean up their hard point and Dallas will need to. Dallas and Optic are probably going to need to clean up their search. Um, right now, I have Toronto as a better search team than Atlanta, and I guarantee you, if you played a best of nine, because like you have maps that Atlanta are not great at. You have Express, which Atlanta tested against New York and they destroyed them on. But again, that was very weak in New York. Like Toronto will have to play Atlanta on two of three of Atlanta's worst search maps. They'll have to play them on Express, Standoff, and Miami. So, but assuming assuming Atlanta is the first seed, assuming they are, which at that point, then if they're not, then Toronto can just veto or whatever can veto. If it's Toronto for Atlanta, if Toronto's the the winners bracket winner, then they could veto the one that they like. But Atlanta will, in a best of five, would have to play Toronto on two of those three. At which point, like Toronto is good on Express. They lost to Dallas and Express, which is rare. But most people have been vetoing it on them, so they really haven't had a chance to play Express recently. Um, so that might be part of the reason why. Um, but Toronto will get, it could get Express standoff and or Miami. Toronto not great at Miami, so probably not it, Miami. But Atlanta is also bad at Miami too. Like they almost lost to Optic on Miami, a map that Optic barely even plays too. So like it's a lot of interesting things on that. Dallas will have to get better at their hard point. Dallas had a shot against Atlanta. They really did. They really had a shot against Atlanta if they had if they won either the Apocalypse or I believe it was a raid. They could have they could have taken that major from them. And Optic obviously did just beat Atlanta, but you worry about Optic when you start going deeper and deeper into searches. Like Optic took like the fact that Optic and Atlanta played what? They played two search and destroys and that was what, twenty twenty one maps? Because it was twenty one rounds, because it was ten and eleven, right? Because it was best Optic won six five and then they lost six four. So they played almost as many rounds as possible against Atlanta. So we're starting to see a little bit of deterioration. And like that was really the only time Atlanta was tested. They lost a search to Thieves on Miami. This I, I think if you can take the if you can take Atlanta the distance and you could beat them in, in search and destroys, I think you can knock them off. And I think Dallas could do that. I think Toronto is better to do it in, in, in search, but they've got to clean up those hard points. You cannot get – like if, if Toronto didn't get down like what, 60, 70 points to Dallas in those two hard points, then we're having a very different conversation about the strength of Toronto's hard points. And- yeah, I completely agree. I think Toronto, although they start in round one at this major here, major five, like – they are very well set up for if they make the grand finals, like their map pool and the modes that they're good at matter a lot because the one map you see less, um, or I shouldn't say less, less frequently is hard point. And like, that's Toronto's troublesome area. You see a lot of searches, which Toronto is the best team at right now. Um, and then you see, you know, two controls and a best of nine that, that weighs out a little more than one in a best of five. So to be a good search and good control team matters a lot in the grand finals. And I think that's part of the reason why we saw Toronto win a major and Dallas come up just short. I do worry unless Chicago shows us something in the first couple matches they play that Chicago might make the grand final and do what New York did 
in Major 3, which was like, they got all this hype because they came out of winners, and then it's like, well, actually, you got to play all these searches now, and you're not the best search team, and you kind of falter off, and it's a disappointing series. So there's a lot of hypotheticals with this Major, obviously, and um, yeah, we'll see. Teams really need to shore up Search and Destroy, control a little bit too, but like, Toronto's in a good spot with that map pool if they can get to the grand final. So you're right about like if they have, you know, the fourth longest odds, it's like 12 to 1, something like that, which I don't know. It might be like 1,000 plus 1,200. You're right. Somewhere in that ballpark, like that could be a heck of a play because they win a couple matches and now they're well set up just to get in the finals. And if they do, well, now they're set up to win it as long as it's not phased, which is a big what if. But, um, yeah, if it's not one of those four teams, Toronto, Atlanta, Optic, or Dallas, like, I'll be shocked. Like, yeah. utterly shocked. It It is not impossible that we could have a Dallas-Toronto winner's bracket final. That's a very real possibility. The more I'm thinking about the more I'm starting to buy Dallas against Atlanta. We'll have to see, though. Let's see how they do against Minnesota and... We'll see, and where the line is too, obviously, right? Like if if Atlanta is like a minus six hundred favorite, then okay, Dallas. But if it's like minus two hundred, then okay, Atlanta. Like that's the. It's gonna depend on where that line is, but like I'm starting to like Dallas against Atlanta. The more we talk about this, um, but we'll have to see. It's it, it's going to be interesting, and this this has the potential to be one of maybe the best um, series, like the best uh, major of the year. I I really do think it does that, but. Other than that, we're going to have this tournament, and then we're obviously going to have champs. We'll we'll record a show for champs, and then probably we'll record a show for the postseason. I don't officially know when the postseason will start. Will the postseason start on Saturday? Or on Friday? We'll start on Friday. Like, will Seattle be like, okay, we released everybody on, on, on Friday morning? They'll be like, Thursday night, yeah, they I send out the tweets. Like, everybody's gone. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure if there's rules, you know, that teams have to wait to do any of that stuff or if the teams that get bounced can just start going uh because like in other leagues i think most of the time it's like if you're out you can kind of start making whatever moves you want um so yeah that'll be interesting to see if if uh if we see any actually big yeah. moves right after the year but it might not um, be it might not be roster moves we might get like a because it's it's so it's a long time actually it's going to be like four weeks give or take right that's the thing too is like the league probably also doesn't want all, all this stuff to happen right after their league ends you know they probably want to drag it out a little bit to keep you know interest throughout the cod league for the entire year so um yeah we'll, we'll see how things shake out at the end of the year it won't be super sad to see you know lag seattle paris london those teams go i think they've been in the league long enough we know they're not going to win champs it makes sense that they're not in champs sorry to those teams but you're not very good so um yeah yeah we'll definitely record a podcast pre-champs to talk about that that'll be fun and um yeah i'm sure we'll have some off-season news to talk about sometime i don't know this fall maybe you know into the winter we'll see well if it goes like last season did there was just like an immediate there was like so much roster moves happening like just literally days after champs um true, so true and actually the more i think about other leagues they'll hire they'll, they'll fire staff but they won't make roster moves until after the end of the season so i mean i suspect we might get a leak that like yeah everybody's off of seattle or like maybe well i mean if you even if you're thieves right are you really gonna sign oct like you can't really be like yeah we're gonna sign octane right and john's like hey what about me like i'm about to go play for you for champs and you're already signing my replacement like nah that's so there's different pieces to it i suspect we're going to see it after we probably won't see a lot of roster moves till after champs but definitely some stuff to talk about um when we do champ show so thank you everybody for tuning in um still a lot more for us to come for this cdl season and then uh gonna be some stuff after that all right um see you guys see you guys in a couple weeks